Hello and welcome to the third episode of Artisans of the Wine, a podcast series charting the life and career of Hervé Deschamps, chef de cave at Champagne Perejuet for the past 27 years. Before Hervé retires later this year, we're going to take a trip with him behind the scenes and into the cellars to discover just what lies behind the art of making champagne. My name is Susie Barry. I'm a master of wine, a broadcaster, writer and podcaster. And I'm your host, helping to bring to life this remarkable story. In this third episode, Hervé will be chatting with fellow chef de cave Laurent Frenet, who since January 2020 has been in charge of winemaking at G.H. Mum, a house under the same ownership as Perrier Jouet. On a practical note, due to the current coronavirus lockdown restrictions, sadly none of us can travel. However, we are hooking up virtually with Hervé and Laurent in a studio in Epinay and me at home in the UK. But whatever our locations and wherever you happen to be listening from, we very much hope you enjoy what you hear. So, I think if we could start, Laurent, uh, with you, could you just tell us a little bit about your background and growing up in Champagne? I've been making wine for now 30 years. And uh, as long as I can remember, I had always wanted to be a winemaker. Both sides of my family have been and still are producing champagne. I'm a third generation of winemaker of my family. Goodness. So, so, so both sides of yeah, the family, both sides are, of my family are, are winemakers. Yeah, exactly. And uh, um, I am, when we call in champagne, a bubble child. Bubble child? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's quite funny. Me. <laughs> Fantastic. Got some fizzy blood. <laughs> <laughs> so, could you tell us when you first met Hervé and your impressions of him? First time I met Hervé, it was in 1999. And at this time, I, uh, I've been working for Casal, Champagne Casal, in Menil sur Roger. And um, I was very impressed because I just come from the south part of France, in, from Aix en Provence. And so, Hervé. Uh, Test the grapes, uh, close the press machine, test the must, uh, close it, and uh, finally testing the wine as well. And was very interesting about what he's looking for. And uh, and finally, he shows exactly the tank he's looking for for this prestigious cuvee. So in that sense, was it what he was doing quite different to what you'd seen in the south of France then? Is, is that different? Yeah, it was completely different about what I'm thinking about the winemaking, uh, about the job of Chef de Cave anyway, because for me, it's only making wine, not to travel around the Champagne to select the grapes and the mass to finally uh, try to blend in your mind your future vintage. Yeah, it was very impressive to me. Yeah. With the way that Hervé went about yeah, exactly. every little bit of the yeah. process. Exactly. And I guess for both of you, really, do you find that you... Um, Often, you're both now chef de cave, obviously. Uh, do you cross paths with other chef de cave? And, and when would that be? Uh, in Champagne, it's a special union. It's Amical des chefs de cave. It's a cellar master union. And uh, we have a lot of uh, occasion to meet around uh, the wine. Uh, during the harvest, it's a, a special breakfast at the end of the harvest uh, to check the first impress for the quality and uh, what you can imagine for the next blend. 
beginning of the year, it's another uh, testing. It's a still wine testing, and uh, it's uh, what it's uh, the reality. And uh, two or three months after, it's uh, the first testing for the no vintage blend. And one month uh, after, it's a vintage blend, and it's a no vintage. It's a rosé. Like uh, two years ago, two years ago, two yeah. years ago, we made a rosé uh, testing, and uh, it's annual uh, meeting uh, with uh, the board of the union and all the people for the union, and uh, it's an annual meeting by law. And just after, you have a, a dinner with your spouse, and uh, it's a good moment to share what it's happened when you have the bubbles in your bottle. When you say union of cellar masters, it's not a, a workers' union, but rather an informal group of chef de cave who share the same profession and gather quite regularly around tastings. What we didn't mention, of course, was the fact that, uh, that Laurent, you are the president of this group of chef de cave and Hervé, you were the president. So you've succeeded Hervé. Do, do you think it's important to talk to other chef de cave and, and compare winemaking philosophies and, and styles? <laughs> uh, it's not only a competition, but uh, it's um, an union to exchange. At the first time, it's to exchange. And um, very long time ago, it's for educate, uh, to create education for uh, workers uh, in the winery. Now it's uh, more exchange around your blend, your uh, product. But it's no competition. Competition, it's more for uh, marketing side of your job. And uh, when you are in the market, you speak champagne. Champagne is the best parking wine in the world. But after you speak for your product. Yeah, exactly. It's exactly that, uh, you know, in uh, this union is Amical de Chef de Cave. Amical is friendly. So we don't compare each other. We only test the different style and what we did with the last harvest and what we did for the blend to respect the style of each other. So it's a, a kind of a, a guarantee and a, a guarantee of uh, to be in a good way for each other. So say, okay, I test the page, say, wow, you did that with your vintage. Yeah, so it's very, very nice. It's uh, typically the, the page with what we have in our mind. So, and we do that for each other. So it's very, it's much more friendly and exchange moment. And Elve, now that you're retiring, are you are you allowed? Is Laurent going to let you stay in, in the group? Yes, I, I stay in uh, in the board of the uh, the group, and uh, with the Amical, it's very important to to introduce a new generation, but uh, very slowly to manage uh, the spirit for the Amical. But it's very important to have uh, every uh, five years new members on the board. And when you are retired, you are always a part for the, the group and you can uh, make some testing. You are not creating the blend, but you can check what your successor made and to check uh, what is it. <laughs> no pressure. 
<laughs> so so how how young is the youngest member and then the oldest the oldest member? Uh, 30 years for the youngest and the oldest uh, Perhaps it's uh, <laughs> Philippe Kuhlman, but oh, he, Kuhlman. he stopped. Uh, uh, Philippe Kuhlman, it's near uh, 95. And uh, he stopped uh, to be a member. He can uh, travel. He lived uh, in the uh, south of France. And uh, one time per year, he come in Champagne to share his passion of Champagne with your friend. That's fascinating. So 30 to 95. That's incredible. Wow. Brilliant. Um, so Laurent, um, what of Hervé's legacy as the president would you like to continue? Uh, to, be, to be yourself first, to be honest and yourself and to, to share your passion with all your, the new winemaker to, to learn them the way to be a good winemaker. Because when you uh, finish your study, you know the theory, but you need to be practical. So, and you need to to learn about the uh, Bible. And now I have the Bible. <laughs> <laughs> so, and you can see a lot of things and uh, to, to share moments, to share, to keep uh, sharing the passion of wine and to taste each other the, the style, the different style of champagne. So this is a very nice legacy. And he, like, the, the main legacy is a friendly group. It's still a very friendly group very, and motivate to, to learn and learn and learn to produce the best. And to share the same philosophies, exactly. presumably. Exactly. What would you both think are, are the most important qualities for a chef de cave to have? Uh, I think um, I, I tell you that uh, to be a good chef de cave, you need to describe your emotion, describe your passions and share it with the other people. So human being um, reason is a very uh, a high point for me. So we need to share all what we have because the blend looks like us look like we are so and uh, we are very egoistic because uh, <laughs> we make wine to drink ourselves <laughs> so we try to make our own style so and the, or the style uh, of the of the company so it's very important yeah i think it's uh, very important to have the possibility to share your emotions and uh, the first uh, it's emotion when you try the still wine and when you have the part of the creativity when you create the blend but after you share emotions with your guests, with your clients, and uh, it's another part for uh, the seller master job. Actually, that's quite interesting because I wanted to ask you both how you think the role of seller master has evolved since you began 27 years ago, Laurent um, Hervé, as seller master. Um, how has it changed? It changed a lot. At the beginning, uh, the seller master have all the responsibility of the seller, Workers, uh, furchasing, uh, dry goods, uh, bottles, uh, cork. And now it's more with uh, wine uh, responsibility. And another part we don't have in the past, it's communication. Communication with uh, wine journalists, wine experts, sommeliers. And we have uh, 
traveling around the world, but also you have a lot of testing uh, in your house for uh, uh, vertical testing, range testing, to explain what is uh, your brand, what is the philosophy of your brand, and what is the potential for your brand with sommelier for the food pairing. And you have a lot of uh, experience with a chef to develop uh, the conceptions of your champagne. Là, on a des bouteilles de 95. Euh, on va retrouver aussi euh, des flacons un peu spéciaux. Alors, on prendra 95, c'est le millésime qui a été vendu en 99, à 99, 2000 pour l'an 2000. Donc, on a créé des séries avec un décor or et platine. Il n'y a plus du tout des mots terreux. Donc, c'est l'or et le platine. Donc là, c'est vraiment le, le solde de cette cuvée qui avait été faite. Et on va retrouver Donc il y en avait 2000. C'était relativement simple. Ils étaient vendus 2000 dollars. Et on achetait le coffret avec le Jérôme Et on avait droit à une unité à la maison des époques. Voilà. Um, just could you talk a little bit, both of you, about how you go about blending uh, and particularly the non-vintage champagne, which I, I believe most people would consider to be the most difficult to get right because you're looking for a house style. How do you go about it differently, the two of you? For non-vintage, it's uh, the business card for the company and uh, it's very important to be consistent. And uh, at the beginning... Uh, when you join a, a company, it's a, a new wine and it's very important to understand the final product, but also the, the basis for the blend. And uh, after you memorize year by year what is the best uh, village, what is the best maturity for that. And with your reserve wine, you can manage and keep always the same aroma on the same taste. And Laurent, what do you yeah, feel exactly. about creating non-vintage? Yeah, it's a, I think it's a, the main challenge of every chef de cave in Champagne is to reproduce the same non-vintage in the, the same style uh, with a different material at the beginning. So we know the results and we know what we are looking for, but the first material is different every year. And uh, the reserve wine are very important in Champagne and we need to keep a very high quality reserve wine can cross the year with a small volume added to the blend, uh, can definitely orient it uh, to the style of uh, the houses. So if we just explain for our listeners um, that a non-vintage wine obviously comes from several years, it doesn't come from one vintage. And when we describe the reserve wine, that is the wine that has come not from the present vintage, but the previous vintages. And that's what you use as your kind of um, seasoning, if you like, for, for creating the, the perfect house style. How would you describe each of your house styles? I mean, your Perrier-Jouet, Hervé, and then your quite new, actually, Laurent, to G.H. Mum. What are the difference, differences in style there? Perrier Jouet style, it's a Chardonnay style. It's a floral and integrate. It's a, a kind of feminine champagne. The style of Jasmine turn around the Pinot Noir area and flavors. So, and uh, 
we have a lot of uh, fruity notes, a lot of uh, around the red fruits uh, and the red berries, and uh, especially when it's getting a little touch of a little bit older, you can have this kind of uh, bakery's flavors around the viennoiserie notes at the end of your mouth. So it's very greedy wine and very, very um, smooth at the end and uh, fruity. So you really do come from um, houses with very different styles, Chardonnay versus Pinot Noir and those two lovely different styles. Yes, but it's uh, the history. Uh, at the beginning, uh, Perrier-Jouette, it's uh, in Epernay, near the Côte des Blancs, near the Chardonnay area. On Moum, it's Rheims. On Rheims, it's near Montagne de Reims with the Pinot Noir. And it's the basis for the, the blend. It's uh, historical vineyards around your uh, house. So rather appropriately, uh, Hervé, in your time at Perrier-Jouette, you have created the Belle Epoque Blanc de Blanc, 100% Chardonnay wine, which um, was an amazing addition to the range. Laurent, you're new to GH Mum. What would you see yourself creating and adding to their range? Yeah, we've got a couple of ideas, but uh, my first mission for a moment is to, to appreciate the style of mum in my blood, you know, to try to, to my best to, to produce a consistent uh, non metage blends first. And after we can speaking about the new future blend of uh, future cuvee. But for the moment, we are some idea with uh, a lot of people are working about that and got a very nice idea and a very, uh, very, very beautiful uh, project. Yeah. Maybe a, a, a prestige cuvee Blanc de Noir at some point. Shh. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> Give the game away. <laughs> I'm going to ask you a difficult question. I'm not going to ask you your favourite champagne from your own house, but from each other's houses. <laughs> so, Laurent, <laughs> what's your favourite Perrier-Jouet wine? My favourite Perrier-Jouet wine is Belle Epoque, of course. Of course, the but Belle Epoque. the Blanc de Blanc or the Rosé or the, or the yeah, uh, blend? The, 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 the Blanc de Blanc as well, because you've, you, you've got a new Blanc de Blanc. Yeah, yeah. it's a new vintage. It's a, it's a new vintage, but uh, the Brut for me is very, very nice. Especially after a couple so of years, aging is amazing. I've got in my cellar one magnum still when Hervé gave me when I was working for... Uh, I know, in um, Cooperative La Vigneronne in, in oh, Virtue, wow. <laughs> he, he, gave me, he gave me a magnum of uh, 95. I still have one. Ah, 95, <laughs> 95, it's my first vintage of Belle Epoque. Yes. Okay. <laughs> and I've got one, oh. still one in my cellar. Yes. It's oh. a part of the museum. <laughs> <laughs> so it's a pot party at Laurent's house. Uh, and Hervé, if you were to choose one GH Mum um, wine? And as you know, it's difficult to choose, uh, but uh, with my uh, origin of the Côte des Blancs, I like uh, Moum Blanc de Blanc, 
It's a beautiful wine with the minerality, the purity, the freshness. Perhaps it's the most Perrier Jouet Moum product. <laughs> and uh, it's uh, my roots are in the Chardonnay and in the, it's my favorite uh, wine, it's uh, Chardonnay. But in the past, uh, I remember uh, to try in Casal, uh, Clos Casals. Uh, yeah. It's a wonderful uh, single vineyard. And uh, it's not near Belle Epoque Blanc de Blanc, but it's the same spirit. Yeah, in Auger, in the very yeah. center of Auger. And yeah, it's very, very nice, yeah. yeah. Pure yeah. Chardonnay blend, yeah. And uh, it's close with the world and it's a very sunny exposure. And uh, quality, it's a very old vineyard. Yeah, yeah, very old vineyard, yeah. yeah. Ove, we're never going to move you away from Chardonnay, are we? <laughs> <laughs> it's my blood. <laughs> Brilliant. Uh, so finally, Hervé, do you have any words of advice for Laurent for his career at GH Mum? And the first advice is uh, be consistent. Uh, Create some new cuvée, but not too much. It's very important to have a, a very clean range to understand what is the spirit of the brand. And for Moom, it's very important to have a very clear vision for Pinot Noir. If Pinot Noir is the spirit, the roots for the, the quality of the Moom cuvée. And another, it's uh, spend your time to educate and to share your passions. When you share your passions, every year it's a new challenge, but it's a new challenge with a pleasure. Well, thank you, Laurent. Thank you, Hervé. It's been a, a real, real pleasure. This was the third episode of Artisans of the Wine. If you've enjoyed what you've heard so far, you can find the rest of the series on your podcast listening platform of choice, whether that's iTunes, Spotify, SoundCloud or Deezer. Thank you again for listening and goodbye for now. <laughs>